This podcast is brought to you by Imix Group and NetApp in collaboration with Three Wire Systems and produced by GovExec Studio 2G. From the people on the front line to the hardware and software online, Three Wire Systems provides expert insights to federal agencies to make the right decisions at the right cost for the right outcomes. To learn more about how Three Wire Systems can help your agency develop innovative and efficient technology solutions, visit threewiresys.com. In the past year, federal agencies have had to reimagine their cybersecurity. Instead of the old-fashioned parameter-based method, agencies are now embracing an approach where no user or application is trusted by default. Agencies now have until fiscal year 2024 to implement specific goals related to creating a zero-trust architecture. However, squeezed budgets, an ever-evolving threat landscape, and overwhelmed IT departments can make progress an elusive target. Although several memorandums have provided guidance for a path forward, uncertainty lingers over how agencies can best meet their implementation milestones. With that in mind, how can agencies ensure they adopt zero trust efficiently and with the correct technical requirements to achieve full compliance? I'm your host, Camille Tutti, and here to provide some insight into that is James Ebler, Chief Technology Officer at Three Wire Systems. The company works with government and military organizations looking to modernize with innovative and efficient technology solutions. James brings over two decades of experience developing strategy and matching emerging technology with customer gaps and opportunities, providing go-to market and branded solutions across the Defense Department and healthcare. And as it happens, he's also an expert in zero trust architecture, IT enterprise as a service, and overall technology roadmaps. We'll be talking about the steps agencies can take to successfully implement zero trust architecture. And we'll also look at the future of zero trust for government. Thank you, James, for being here today. Thank you for the opportunity. Let's set the stage. Can you provide some insight into today's cybersecurity landscape and the most pressing cyber threats agencies are facing? As we know, the cyber landscape is ever-changing. We have many adversaries trying to get in and get to the relevant data uh, of our many agencies. As we go down this path of zero trust, as you would say, how do we make sure that our agencies are secure as possible? Our adversaries, uh, we know that they're probably getting into our network, but are they getting into the most important stuff, which is truly our data? There are definitely multiple vectors where the adversary is coming into. What we're trying to do is limit those vectors, ensuring that the adversary either has shortened the time span that they can get into the network or at least allows us to secure ourselves a little bit better than today. There are multiple cyber threats out there. Again, adversaries are always looking for a way in. And we're not doing ourselves any favors when we don't secure ourselves from the edge back into the core of the network. I think that's one area where we've got to focus on multiple threats, whether it's phishing threats or whether it's pin testing from adversaries, just trying to move vertical or lateral into our data systems is big avenue of approach right now for the adversary. 
You mentioned that they're working their way from the edge into the core. Can you elaborate on that and give some specifics into that type of threat? My definition of the edge would be an end-user device, and the core network would be, let's say, for a better word, the internet or a government agency's network. So how do we secure from the end-user device, whether it's a laptop, a mobile device, a radio, or even in the future, Internet of Things. As we look at the Internet of Things, specifically to security, how do we secure those, what I call the edge, in back into the bigger network itself? A mobile device that a soldier leverages or an agency leverages to send information back and forth, that could be data that the adversary is looking for. Let's make sure that only that user has access to that device or the data that's housed on that device. And even better yet, should there even be any data at the edge or should it be all coordinated back into a centralized location to where we can truly put up multiple security parameters around a central location? Being in the midst of their zero trust journey, what are some of the biggest challenges agencies face in adopting zero trust architecture? One thing that we've got to remember is the zero trust architecture is really just foundational. It's not an end state. It's not a thing. It's really a capability that agencies are trying to get to. To ensure that, there's multiple things that they're running into. One is where's the first place to start? And that's why it's important to really build a team. And what I mean by a team It's the industry partners and the federal customers coming together and figuring out where's the best place to start, what's important to them of the seven pillars of zero trust, what we think may be important to them, may not be important to them. So it's important for us to ensure that we're sitting down with the customer, ensuring that we understand what their requirements are, what actions they want to take, and being able to meet those requirements. It absolutely makes sense. You mentioned that the starting point for agencies, figuring out where that is. How do you actually go about doing that? How do you figure out, okay, this is where we are and this is where we need to go? So I think you go in and you sit down with them and just listen. We have a tendency to go in and not quite listen. We have a tendency to direct. But if you just go in and listen to customers of their concerns and figure out from their perspective what they think is important and then utilize best business practice and to have that open discussion with them to say, hey, you may want to look at your data instead of the user device. Now let's focus on the data itself. They're coming into the network for one thing, and that's really to extrapolate the important data that we're sending back and forth. How do we stop that? And really, it's just sitting down with the customer, talking about what capabilities they're currently leveraging, and then maybe just utilizing those capabilities a little differently. Showing them ways to leverage their toolkits a little differently would help suppress that. You mentioned best business practices. Do you have maybe one or two that you've seen emerge as a good lesson learned for other agencies? when it comes to getting on with their zero trust journey? I think we're still trying to figure out what best business practice looks like along the journey as it pertains to where a customer should focus. 
I believe that data is probably the first focus and really making sure that they understand that being able to look inside that data to make sure the adversary is not already in there, that they already have not extrapolated any of the data making sure that from point A to point B, that the data is the same as it was when it started. That's a big thing is making sure that the data was not manipulated on its path from customer A to customer B. When we look further down the road, how will Zero Trust and other security requirements impact the future of cybersecurity for federal agencies? Back in the days, security was an afterthought. I think what you're seeing now is we've all come to realize that security needs to be in the forefront. So any of our solution sets that FreeWire we're putting out, we always make security in the forefront. And that's to include zero trust and how it fits into that architecture. So as zero trust becomes more mature, I think you're going to see a more teaming approach between vendors and customers, ensuring that we're meeting those requirements. I won't be surprised if some more guidance comes out as we mature this. Security to me is it's an everlasting, ever-changing environment. So I'm not for sure we'll ever have a policy set in stone that we have to follow. There'll be guidance that we have to follow. And I think that's really going to show us or enable us to ensure that security is a focus for us unlike it was in the past. One thing I hear when it comes to misconceptions around zero trust is that it's something that you can go to a vendor and buy. Are there any myths or misconceptions around zero trust that you would love to clear up? That is a prime one. It's nothing that it's not all built in a box. Again, it's a concept right now of multiple toolkits, which I think most of our customers probably have some of the tools that are needed already. They're just not leveraging them correctly. Another myth is that it's an in state, right? I don't think zero trust will ever be an in state because our adversaries are never in state. They're always maneuvering differently. To keep us on our toes, we're going to have to be agile and flexible enough with the zero trust concept to ensure that we stay ahead of our adversaries in a way that allows us to still be competitive in a world of data dominance. Do you have a call to action for agency IT leaders that are on this journey right now? And what would be your best advice looking at the next six months, 12 months as they continue down this path? Take the zero trust architecture slash capability slash concept and ensure that it fits into what you're trying to do at in-state making sure that you don't take a big bite out of the cookie. This is a journey, as we say. You're going to have to take piece by piece, but you have to get started. So you've got to decide with industry or without industry where you want to get started. And again, I think that's going to be the hardest for any federal customer to figure out is where to get started. A lot of them like to pick the easiest portion, which probably would be the end user, in my opinion. But is that the best place to get started? Get started first. 
Make sure you don't take too big of a bite and allow the coordination between industry and customers to take place. That's the only way that we're going to ever be truly secure is once we allow everybody to come to the table and actually throw ideas out and move out with them. What's something a government entity should really consider when looking for a vendor partner? Do you have any top tips there? You're going to want a trusted advisor to come in and really sit down and not be selling one widget or one gadget, but really being able to listen to the customer sitting down and figuring out exactly what their issue is or what concerns they have with zero trust. I think leveraging the capabilities that they currently have and then being able to sit down with them and truly letting them know where their gaps are and then how we could fix their gaps. I think keyword there is partner and not just a seller or a vendor. So thank you for that. James, thank you so much for being here today. It's been really insightful. I appreciate the time and look forward to joining the journey with our many customers. Thanks to our listeners of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Imix Group and NetApp, created in collaboration with 3Wire Systems. For more information about how 3Wire Systems can help your agency successfully adopt the digital transformation, visit T-H-R-E-E-W-I-R-E-S-Y-S.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the State of Federal Cloud podcast series brought to you by Imix Group and NetApp. To learn more about how 3Wire Systems can help your agency develop innovative and effective technology solutions, visit 3WireSys.com. 